0: This is Boundless, and I'm Ed Blonsky. Everyone has a need, and I'm glad to share with you the one thing that can meet every single need. It is the love of Jesus Christ. On today's show, you will hear a message of love and hope, the very same love and hope that will meet all needs. The messages on Boundless have recently been given at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods, Illinois. If you happen to be in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit at www.stmatts.net. That's www.stmatts.net. Now, here's today's message. Thanks for listening. Today we conclude this message series called Like Fine Wine that's been based on the writings of Isaiah deep in the Old Testament. And the prevailing metaphor throughout the series has been grapes, in vineyards and fine wines. We looked at wild grapes versus cultivated grapes, where wild grapes are mostly only good for making bitter vinegar, but grapes that are carefully cultivated, nurtured, and nourished, then harvested timely, crushed completely, and fermented lovingly become and make the finest of wines. Last week, we looked at the feast that God will be hosting and to which we are invited as his children, as his baptized and sanctified sons and daughters. A feast that Isaiah says will include a rich food full of marrow, such as the best cuts of meat, and well-aged wine, well-refined. And that's not even the best part of this feast. It is a feast that will never be interrupted by pain or sorrow, or sad tears, or even death itself, because death itself will be swallowed up in victory, the victory of Jesus Christ on the cross and over the grave. This week, no wine or grapes or vineyards mentioned In this text that we have heard read from Isaiah 45, that's because we are moving from the allegory and the metaphor into an historical story. God calls Cyrus by name for the sake of Israel, for the sake of Jacob. The only large group of Jewish people left are those who are in exile in Babylon. These are Jews of the southern kingdom of Judah who rejected God and, then, and worshiped foreign or false gods. And so God sent the Babylonians under Nebuchadnezzar to overthrow the capital, Jerusalem, and took the people of Judah into exile in the Babylon. Why did God do this? God did this to get his people's attention, to bring them back to himself to, in order to preserve a faithful remnant from which eventually Jesus would be born on the first Christmas to save all of us from our sins. So Cyrus, a non-Jew, in fact, he was a Persian, modern-day Iran, is called by God for the sake of his people Israel, God's people Israel. And now, under Cyrus, they are able to go back home to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and the temple and then await the coming of the Messiah. All of this fulfills prophecy, which brings me to what is happening in Israel today. You have seen the headlines. Maybe you've already seen the horrific pictures coming out of Israel and out of Gaza. We need to pray for them, to continue to pray for all of those who are in the midst of this war. And maybe you've been hearing, or maybe you have been wondering, is this the fulfillment of the prophecy of the end times? Is the end of the world finally here? Well, the answer to the question, is this the fulfillment of prophecy, is, yes, it is, but not the fulfillment of the prophecy you probably are thinking of. Because what is happening in Israel and in Palestine today is not the fulfillment of prophecy that we read about in the book of Revelation. This war doesn't necessarily mean that the end times are upon us. No more than any war, has ever meant that since the first century. But I did say that it is the fulfillment of prophecy. It is the fulfillment of this prophecy. You will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. This is Jesus' prophecy of what is happening in the world today, as recorded in Matthew 24, 6-8. Jesus tells us that what is happening today will continue to happen until he comes back. So while the Jewish state of Israel is in the middle of this war today, it doesn't mean that Israel is at the center of the prophecies of the end times. Still, in a way, Israel is at the center of all of us. The Israel of the Old Testament was established and called by name, by God, in order to be the family through which the Savior would come. It all starts with Abraham, whose name is changed to Abraham by God from Abram a great and exalted father, to the father of many. And God promises to give to Abraham the promised land where Jesus, the Messiah, will eventually be born. God gives children to Abraham. A child by the name of Isaac also has children, one of whom is named Jacob. And Jacob, as it turns out, will be the epitome of all the descendants of his from then on out. Jacob struggles with God. You could say that Jacob wrestles with God over and over again, but there was one night that he literally wrestled with God so that he could learn to depend upon God totally. And at that wrestling match, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel, which literally means one who struggles with God. And of course, the children of Jacob, the children of Israel, grow in number. They will eventually be enslaved in Egypt, then freed by God through Moses and Joshua and led the, by God to the Promised Land. But they'll still continue to struggle with God, struggle to believe in him, struggle to trust in him, and they will fail to believe and trust in him over and over and over again, yet God will never give up on them until that day it finally arrives in a little village about seven miles southeast of Jerusalem on a silent night long-awaited, Jesus Christ, son of Joseph and Mary, a son of David, a son of Abraham, will finally be born. I hope you're enjoying today's message on Boundless from St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Woods. For more, you can go to our website, www. St. That's www.stmatts.net. You can also support our ministry and access more online content of boundless hope. And if you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. Now, back to today's message. In a real and very significant way, Jesus is the incarnation of Israel because Jesus struggled with God Jesus struggled with God's wrath for all of us the wrath of sin that God has Jesus struggles with it and struggles with God on the cross as he bleeds and dies to forgive our sins when we reject God and want to do things our own way in our finances in our marriages we don't want to bother with God we don't want to bother God with those things we will take care of it on our own as marriages fall apart finances collapse or as we want to do things our own way we know the right way to do it but we're really not too keen on doing that. That's rejecting God. That's a failure to believe in God. Well, Jesus struggled with God on the cross to forgive that sin. When we don't trust God with our lives, when we are wondering what's going to happen, or we're living paycheck to paycheck, we don't know how we're going to make the mortgage payment, or the car payment, or the tuition payment next month. And so we try to do things on our own, and we don't Turned to God Jesus struggled with God on the cross to forgive that sin when we struggle with God we can remember that we now bear the name of God because we bear the name of the one who struggled with God for us and I don't mean that our name is Israel no, although most, some more learned theologians than myself, including Martin Luther do make a connection with the church as the new Israel, but that's a topic for another time. No, we don't bear the name of Israel today as members of the Christian church, we bear the name of Christian, Christian, because we are now God's children, because Jesus' death and resurrection made us God's children. And Jesus was born at Christmas in order to take our place under God's law, the wrath that our sins deserve from God Jesus substitutes himself for that. When we reject God, when we turn away from God, when we reject his love and refuse his love for us, Jesus substitutes himself for us under the wrath of God. And that's why God renames us now with the name of his Son. To remind us of who we are. To remind us of whose we are and this is why I say that we are like fine wine so I want to bring back the metaphor now because the best of all wines have this in common they are valuable they are desirable and they all have the maker's name on the bottle and this is what it means having the name of God on us we are saved from our sins and I can't overemphasize that enough I know I say that over and over and over again, and and you're going to be tempted to dismiss that. He says that all the time, week in and week out, but I want you to hear that today. Maybe hear it anew. You are saved from your sins by Jesus, whose name is on you. Which also means that we will live forever. Now I know I say that all the time as well, but this week I want you to take some time. Take a moment sometime during this week and really think about and meditate on that. You have the name of Jesus on you, and that means you are going to live forever. Of course, we see every day that this does not mean that we will live forever here in this world. And really, with all that's happening in the world, do we really want to live here forever? No. But we will live forever in heaven. A place that kind of will look like this. It will be a million times better. Heaven will be at the same time recognizable and wonderfully, strangely new. Which is not to say that there isn't something about having the name of God, the name of our Maker on us for the here and now. Because we bear the name of Christ today, now, in this world. And so we have what that name means. It is the power of Christ's love. A power that can make a marriage, that can make a family, that can bring a community together. The power of Jesus' love even has the power to make an end to war when war is all that is ever really known. It could be war against nations or war in your own families. The power of Jesus' love can bring an end to that. So we have the name of our maker on us and that gives us a purpose-filled life right now. Jesus gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding and he fills us with that peace and now you can bring that same peace to other people. And here's the expectations part of this message. I want you to carry the name of Jesus and all that it means to two people. Just start small. Two people. Bring it to a wife or a husband or a child. Or a friend or a neighbor just two people and then watch what happens because you can bring those two people then to church and the Holy Spirit will then fill them with the peace of Jesus to overflowing and they will be encouraged to bring this message of peace in the name of Jesus to two people and then they will bring the message of peace to two people and you can see how this goes Two people become four, four becomes eight, eight, 16, 16, 32, 32, 64, 64, 128, 128, 256, and on and on. And in a very short time, you can reach millions of people just by reaching two people with the name of Jesus and the peace of Jesus. And when millions know this, then that truly begins to change the world. And it all starts with God calling you by name. Let me close with this. This is an AI-generated story. I asked an AI chat box, tell me a story about a name. And this is the the story it generated for me. Once upon a time in a small, tight-knit village, a couple eagerly awaited the arrival of their first child. They, the couple, were known throughout the community for the love of God's creation and the beauty of the outdoors. They would spend countless hours in the nearby forest exploring its secrets and admiring its wonders. But as the due date approached, the couple decided that they wanted to give their name, their child a name that reflected their deep connection for God's creation. They spent weeks contemplating names, but they couldn't find one that just fit right. So one evening as they were taking a stroll in the forest, they noticed a particularly magnificent oak tree Its branches seemed to reach for the sky, and its leaves rustled in a gentle breeze. And they decided to sit beneath this majestic tree and pray to God about what name to give their soon-to-be-born child. And as they sat in silence, they heard what sounded like a soft voice whispering on the wind. Eliora. Startled but moved by the ethereal sound, they looked at each other and knew they had found the perfect name for their child. Eliora means God is my light. And it not only symbolized their reverence for the natural world, but also for their spiritual connection to God that they felt through it. They believed that this name would guide their child through a life filled with wonder and compassion and faith. And so when their child was born, they and proudly named her Eliora. And she grew up to be a person who shared her parents love for god and god's creation and their faith in jesus spreading light and kindness wherever she went and her name became a beacon of hope and inspiration for this entire village reminding everyone of the beauty that surrounds us and the importance of preserving it and recognizing from where it comes and so in that little village the story of an, of the naming of a child became a cherished tale passed down through generations. A reminder that sometimes the perfect name can be found in the whispers of the wind and the beauty of the world around us. God has whispered your name. God has called you by name. So I want you to go and live that name today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message on Boundless. I hope that today's message brought you the love and hope that will meet your need. I'm the pastor at St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Hawthorne Wood, Illinois, and at St. Matthew we see that there is boundless need all around us that can be met with the boundless love of Jesus so we can all live with boundless hope. For more, go to our website, www.stmats.net, that's www.stmats.net. There you will find more content and resources that will give you the Boundless Love of Jesus. If you are in the northwest suburbs of Chicago, I would love to see you this weekend. You can go to the St. Matthew website to plan your visit. In the meantime, find us on Instagram at St. Matthew Hawthorne Woods. There is no E in Hawthorne, by the way. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube. Thanks for listening to Boundless. Remember, the answer to all need is Jesus, who is love and brings hope.